The Hundred Marathon Club by Darren Smith. Number nine. Chews the fingernails, winces, remembers all the therapy. Portland Coastal Marathon, 5th of February 2017. Some suggest I take things too easy. Others that I choose too challenging a race at times, effectively setting myself up to fail. Most will agree that I'm inconsistent. In reality, I am all three. One week I'll run laps around a park in the rain. The next I'll scale the heights of southern cliffs with a tight cut-off. Before heading off for an international big city marathon next time out. For me, it just makes it more interesting mixing it up. But when you build a race calendar that covers the whole year... There are things you soon find to be getting in the way. Number one, the summer only has ultras and trail ultras at that, and you end up running king and stones and similar. Two, those comfy road marathons, my security blanket races, are limited to March, April, May, and September, October, and November. Number three, the winter months almost solely have trail marathons rather than road, that are, number four, in the arse end of nowhere, like Bovington and the Portland Coastal Marathon. Thomas Hardy described Portland as the peninsula carved by time out of a single stone. But I think Jonathan Meads was closer with Portland is a bulky chunk of geological, social, topographical and demographic weirdness. It is the obverse of a beauty spot. Beauty in this construction implies the picturesque. Portland is gloriously bereft of this quality. There's nothing pretty about it. Of course, neither list that it is in the middle of nowhere. It is a here-be-dragons-backward dingleberry clinging on to the arsehole of the country at Weymouth. I've raced a lot and see how the different companies do it. I'm a fan of some, and less so others. And this one was a little different too. It felt like I was at a heavy metal tent at a music festival, where everyone knew each other, and that I kind of wandered in from the indie tent next door, saying that I like Jane's Addiction, so surely I'd love this. The race director was superb. He kept everyone in check, demanding that they had the mandatory kit. He told us there was no bag drop. There were lockers, but you needed to pay a deposit, and there was no one in reception to take your cash anyway. You needed to store your bag in your car, or they'll look after it for you. And then came the most sound piece of advice. The key to not getting lost, he said, is to keep the sea on your left for the first lap and on your right for the second. With no signal on our GPS watches as we were inside the British Sailing Academy, arms were hung outside. And I didn't get a signal until a couple of minutes into the run as we left the marina. Within half a mile, probably less, we hit the kind of hill the Americans would lose hundreds of men trying to take in the Pacific in World War II. It went up and up, stopped at a road briefly, then went up and up some more. 
This was the first hill at Beachy Head on steroids. No one was running it, and those that tried dropped to a walk pretty darned quick. I remembered the elevation profile and knew that there were a few of these. The whole thing looked like a ton of stalagmites spiking up from the ground. Someone told me last year that on the way back down, people were sliding on their backsides, grabbing brambles to stay in some sort of control as it was that muddy. It did not bode well for the rest of the race. Once atop the mountain, legs already burning, it became mud, mud, glorious mud. You're constantly slipping and the effort to stay upright is tough on the mind as well as the body. My ankles were killing me. But at least I didn't fall over. No, no, that would have sucked, and not in a good way. The mud, miles of it in four or five long sections, ordinarily next to a sheer cliff, then made way for the sort of quarry the crew of the Liberator would transport down to in the TV show Blake 7. I should have enjoyed it more because then came the most challenging part for me. Wet stone steps down a sheer cliff face. You know the steps that Frodo and Sam and Gollum take in Lord of the Rings? Yes, those, just without the CGI'd Mount Doom in the distance. More mud next and ankle-deep puddles with barbed wire on one side resplendent with its dead rabbits and a sheer cliff drop on the other. And, with a quick check of my Suntu, I was distraught to find I'd only run 12 kilometres. Now the locals do not like us. There was hardly any local support, and mostly we got the sort of looks that say it all from them as we ran by. They do not like us so much that they destroy the signs that are put up. They rip the race signs off the lampposts and throw them off a cliff into the sea. So the race director has to spray arrows on the ground or on rocks in areas where the signs go missing. That is who we were dealing with. They also hate rabbits, for reasons that will not become clear at the moment, due to word count, and you see the floppy-eared critters strung up on barbed wire all over the place. A couple of lighthouses appeared, and a rock, that is apparently the most southerly point in the UK, after more bogland. And then a steep incline up to the highest point, before we finally get to descend, but no, it's not a gentle descent. Who wants this to be easy? We have more wet steps, although paved ones this time, and then a muddy hill that you slip and slide and fall over and slide down that takes you back to town level. As Portland is an archipelago, an isle, it has a long causeway that connects it to the mainland. This is a very flat, very straight road for four miles or so, on which you are sideswiped in the face by freezing winds before going under a treacherously slippery underpass, then up and along the other side to the start. Okay, now, take a pause. Everyone sit down. 
make a cup of tea if you have to, hold your loved ones close, because this, think of it now, was just halfway. Two and a half hours into the race, and I was just halfway, and had to do the entire thing again, albeit in reverse. So those crazy steps, I had to go up. The muddy climbs, I had to slide down. It was not something I was looking forward to. The exact opposite, in fact. With every fibre of my being, I wanted to quit. But then something happened that allowed me to take a pause, resettle myself and head back out the other way. I'd been keeping up with a lady runner the whole time and we played the overtaking game. And she'd taken a tumble in one of the many precarious parts. As I'd overtaken her before that, I got to the halfway point first and when she arrived, her hand was cut up. The marshals had no medical kit, but I did. So I used my kit to patch her up and it was this pause in proceedings, this interlude that allowed me to gird my loins, turn around and head back out to run the anti-clockwise second lap. The stairs to Mordor were as tough going up as they were down and our time was running out. I was keeping up with the cut-cut hand lady but as we went through the Blake Seven Quarry location and hit the last checkpoint of nine, my calves cramped up completely. I could barely move. I felt like the race was over. But fortunately, it was here that we were told two facts. One, the course measured over 27 miles. Yay! Sarcastic joy. And that two, the cutoff was not as hard as we'd thought. As long as we made that final cutoff, we would be okay. Yay! Actual joy that time. And so limping, like verbal kint, I reached the first big hill. The last three runners who hadn't dropped out behind me caught up, as did the tail runners, who I chatted to about my race calendar for the year, and limped down to the finish and a standing ovation. I was last, well, I was last to come in under the cutoff. But I did it. I didn't give up despite really, 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 really wanting to. But I didn't. This was the most technically difficult race for me. It made Beachy Head look like a bimble around a park on a midsummer's day. I know the fell runners and the off-roaders out there will snigger or turn their noses up at this. But this was genuinely hard. Mud to a point of not being able to keep your feet ankle-deep pools of cold, muddy water, sheer cliffs with no barriers, rocky quarries, wet stone steps on cliffs with a huge drop on one side and almost no support. Twice. It was grim, but I did it. Somehow. And I swore I would never be back. Although I ran it again in 2019 and will run it again in 2021. Next up, the Barcelona Marathon.